are in a city for you podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for finding the time between the two tours that you are doing at the Yoga Pavilion as a part of Open House Festival. Would you like to present yourself and then we go to the questions. My name is Johanna Jarmius. I'm a landscape architect at Nirens Architektkontor in Stockholm. And I've been uh, one of the architects from Nirens working with this yoga pavilion. And my name is Tobias Persson and I'm a colleague to Johanna, also landscape architect working with this project. And lots of other projects, I can imagine. But now we're sitting here, so... Exactly. A lot of other projects. <laughs> and we're recording on two microphones, so if you hear any strange dynamics here, it's because of that. The first question I want to ask you, both of you, what is a city for you? What is a city for me? I should maybe first think of some kind of a hub where people meet a lot of people. Actually, the city is mostly people, first people. Yeah, and for me, I think first thing that came to my mind was actually something negative, I think. I, I think I, I thought of stress, busy streets, cars, honking horns and uh, ambulances and this hamster wheel, as we speak of sometimes in mm -hmm. Sweden. Yeah, I, I thought of that first. Noisy things, demanding. Then, when we sit here in the pavilion, for example, I can think of the city as a super uh, dynamic place with a lot of contrasts, where people could play next to a busy street or like us sitting here in the pavilion in the, in the treetops, it feels like it. But we still hear the cars, so the city can also be very interesting. A place where things can take place that doesn't happen, maybe in the countryside or something. Opportunities and stress at the same time. <laughs> People, opportunities and stress. Yeah. And I think this inspire, inspiring things of meeting point between mm -hmm. people, the mm -hmm. culture and, and um, the fact that in a city you meet people spontaneously and you meet mm -hmm. things and thoughts that you couldn't really uh, be prepared to meet. Mm -hmm. Also, thing when you speak about city as a stress, is it coming from you comparing city to countryside? Yeah, I think so. Maybe that's the, the source of that thought, that I come from a smaller city, outside a smaller city, but also that I have the luxury to have a as we call it, a, a summer house, a somarhus, where if you go there, the only thing you hear is maybe the birds, maybe the wind, you can see the stars. And then you go by car back to Stockholm, and then you realize, now I'm in the city. And I also get a bit more stressed in like one second. So that's, I think that's why the contrast, yeah. Thank you for sharing. We'll move on to the second question. Okay. I'm trying to keep the time, mm. so rushing a little bit. What are you for the city? Oh, the answer that comes to me, and, and I'm a bit surprised to realize this, that, that it's really a professional uh, role that is being a landscape architect, like being a catalysator for 
those meetings, as I thought about people and meetings, I'm aware of the stress in this too, but it was more positive for me, the, la the, the question before. To be a catalysator to this uh, meeting point and melting point where thoughts and cultures and um, actions are expressed. That is what I am for the city, I think, a part of that. What I am for city, I guess I am maybe boring. <laughs> I, f I feel like I'm a, I'm a boring uh, to the city. Yeah, I, c I come here to the city and I maybe look a bit uh, disorientated, maybe a bit stressed. <laughs> like I'm not used to be here. I don't know. So maybe I, I don't. Maybe I, I contribute being the contrast to the people that lives the city life. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's or, great. At least I'm trying to live city life. Mm. I, I don't think I'm good at it. The boring contrast. It's very interesting. There's so much into it. I want to discuss it so much. <laughs> um, first of all, I think it's very important to have boring citizens in the city and not only catalysts who are also very important. Like if, if everyone would be a catalyst or whatever is the word, then city would explode. I, would say. I, I suppose so. Yeah. And when you say boring, I think it's coming from somewhere else because, again, if you ask someone, take a stereotype here, from Latin America, for them, a lot of people in Sweden maybe would be boring. And when you say boring, you say you are contrasted with others. So it depends where you're looking from and who you're comparing to mm. and what you see as non-boring. And probably the contrast is, is inspiring. So if something stressful and expressive mm. and everything of that, the contrast mm. of something that maybe feels boring from inside must be mm. very inspiring for others yeah. yeah yeah i agree maybe i'm not boring to the city but i'm uh, just trying to understand it in some way maybe and uh, i'm not that old but maybe i feel old in that case because i sometimes i feel that i'm not follow catching up with the tiktok generation and the people using everything in the city in another way that i'm used to so maybe that's why but it's true that I, I, I really understand this feeling of not being in the rhythm of the city itself, not being able to like keep up. So then maybe you're a visitor in the city when you come here, you're, you're like a bit alienated and, and watching it, like mm -hmm. a spectator. I really recognize this feeling too, mm -hmm. a lot. But it's more my idea of being a cata catalyst. It's more... It is very a very professional approach to this <laughs> with this answer, uh, and um, I think, for example, with your, the yoga pavilion, when I've been doing interviews about this small building, I have really felt like being proud of contributing to something else for the city, very a catalysis for other things in the city or thoughts or feelings or meetings. I'm very happy to be that person at work. I think the, it's important that the city is not too tidy, too, too fancy, too perfect. Mm -hmm. and I think maybe that's why also I sometimes can feel a bit boring to the city maybe. Yeah, because mm -hmm. if the city was more like dirt, not dirty, but I mean more flexible and more 
maybe not as tidy and everything is planned in mm. millions of hours of consultancy. Mm. I think that could also contribute to this bit stiffer city. That becomes really uh, a very specific situation in Stockholm, a tidy uh, cityscape that is organized in a very strong way. Mm -hmm. If you look at Kailicha, the city close to Cape Town, for example, mm. in the outskirts of Cape Town, that city is really nothing of mm. uh, organization or yeah. things like that. As yeah. you, when you talk about Brazilians or yeah. South, South Americans, mm. Mm. probably. But it's still a lot of people and a lot of meeting and a lot mm. of stress too, mm. of course. And of course, we are talking from Stockholm and probably considering this first of all. Yeah. We'll move on to the next question. How does artificial lighting of a night city affect you? The first thought that came up was uh, a friend that had visiting, visited um, South Korea. And uh, he showed a picture of a park there, public park, in the night. And it was full of this colorful lights and like stroboscopical patterns in pink and purple. I was so stressed just <laughs> looking at that image that uh -huh. not even in nighttime the city could like sleep or the people couldn't slow down. Uh, yeah, couldn't slow down or rest from all of it. So that was the first thing that when you said that. But taking this place where we're sitting now, we were talking about before the lighting that was soft and very more of a supporter uh, of the place or the structure or building. I think that is uh, the kind of light that I prefer. Mm -hmm. Maybe most people do because it's more human, maybe. I, the first thing I thought about was very personal, and it was this feeling when I was a kid, uh, walking home after after my violin class uh, through the the park that is kind of woods, woody park in in close to Stockholm in Södertälje. That's a smaller town. And I really avoided the lights because in the darkness, I feel really comfortable in darkness. Mm. And I feel like safe in the darkness because people mm. can't see me. So I feel uncomfortable with uh, city lights because it, it exposes you so much. It's like mm -hmm. being on stage all the time. I like being on stage, but not all the time. Mm -hmm. So that was the first question. But I also like I mean, I think beautiful lightning in the city is, is, is nice. I, I like that. But I think maybe you need here also the, the contrasts. The, the darkness has to be there also to, to be able to admire the light. Mm. In Stockholm, there is a lot of darkness during wintertime. Winter mm. is very long. And I think uh, we have to accept that and slow down, as you say, to be able to take rests. Mm. I think lighting could take the opportunity also yeah. to farce. Yeah. I recognize the feeling of being safe or feeling safe yeah. in the darkness, but I don't often hear that from other people. So mm. when I was living in other places, I usually would be a bit of an odd one walking through the totally dark I don't know, field and feel like, oh, that's okay, it's not a problem. No. <gasps> Are you okay? Calling, checking, and then, mm -hmm. mm. so I, I am glad that I hear that, 
but I think it's also very much linked to where we are and where you have been experiencing darkness. Yeah, but I live I live in the outskirts of Stockholm, close to a natural reserve, mm. and I often go in the darkness mm. by night or early mornings, mm. and I meet so much people that doesn't seem to be scared at all. Mm. So I think uh, the idea of that so many people are scared in darkness is because it's easier to express mm. uh, your nervosity or stress than to just take for normal to be walking in the, mm. in the night. Yeah, gets more attention if people are scared yeah. than if people feel like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and with uh, South Korea, was it? No? Where? Yeah. yeah. Interesting that you brought this example, especially because it was not your experience, so you saw the picture, but it already impacted mm. you. Yeah, I think culturally they have a different approach to lighting and what is comfortable and what is needed. Maybe that's not a priority to come down during the night, but they want to extend the day, I don't know, mm. allow people to buy more stuff, and that's what they are searching for, and maybe achieving this. The commercial part of the city is very strong also. That makes noise, makes light, trying to get your attention all the time. But I think to be safe in darkness, I think you need to know your the place where you're at. I think it needs to be familiar. I've been dropped off in in the totally darkness in places I don't know, and that could be a bit scary sometimes, especially if you're not in your home country, for example. You can't really orientate by looking at trees or mm. houses to meet people but you don't see their faces that could also be a bit mm. scary especially if you feel that you are different maybe because mm. you're a tourist or i remember the first mm. when i came to guinea in in africa but and we arrived from the airport quite late in the afternoon uh, the dark and the darkness came so rapidly mm-hmm. and suddenly uh, it was all dark, no lights at all, but very many people did the cooking on the pathway alongside the, the roads, on, on fireside. So they had fires in front of their houses along the pathway, and all p- people were black. This very strange feeling of everything being just black, except for the fires. And me being like glowingly white <laughs> from uh-huh. Europe. Mm-hmm. That was a really strange experience. And I know if I, if we keep talking about that, more things will be coming up. But my hands start to freeze, and yeah. maybe yours as well. <laughs> so we'll move on. Now it will be a question from the previous guest of the podcast. And actually recorded the previous episode in Herang, the mm. tiny little city. They have a Lindy Hop festival there once a year. So I was there. What was the most terrible lighting that you ever experienced? Funnily enough, you kind of answered the question, but let's turn it like you have experienced, not seen in the picture. (laughs) Maybe actually it's Grand Hotel here in Stockholm. Mm -hmm. A very bad example, I think. Have you seen? Outside or inside? Outside. Because they have, I don't know if it's so exactly that way nowadays, but some years ago, uh, they re did they did uh, uh, renovated the lights of the castle, which is in front of the Grand Hotel on the other side of the of the water, and 
this is in central Stockholm, a lot of water. So on one side of the water that you have Grand Hotel, on the other side, the castle. And the castle is lit up very, very smoothly and very, it's very serene in a way. And in front of this, you have Grand Hotel with lightnings that goes up like a skrek cabinet. Oh. Yeah, very strong lights. Uh, so uh, I think that is really, that makes a horror show. And uh, I know that many people, when you say which one is the castle, royal castle, people point out the Grand Hotel because it's more lit up than the castle. But actually it's so ugly. What came to my mind was actually <laughs> private villas. People, the ones, I don't know, maybe it's a way to express wealth, maybe, or longing for like showing off. Or maybe I'm totally wrong out here. Maybe they just want to have a light in their garden or like, look at my nice house. I built it myself. I, mm. I have no idea. But sometimes it could be so horrible. And it's this terror lighting mm. like you talk about like mm. up, coming up lights, like up lights or down lights but it's so strong so it becomes like ribbons and facade mm -hmm. usually white facade well that was maybe a bad, bad answer but <laughs> i see them quite often and i all, always i wonder who, who lives there what is <laughs> their <laughs> story behind it yeah maybe you should go in once and ask Hello, what's your story? Can you justify why? Maybe they have a story and you'll get, okay, okay then. Maybe yeah. they are a bit older and they need more light to see. But if it's a high contrast, it will not help them anyway. Mm. Mm, yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, interesting example. And I like how it, you're not specifying one house, just saying villas. It's more like a phenomenon. What do you say? Fe phenomenon. Phenomenon. Mm. Yeah, because you see it everywhere. It, it's not... Uh, linked to a certain city. I have at Every least city. two villas on my way home, on my street in Bagamossen. I know what you're talking about. I think you're really right. It's horrible. It's, it's a, small, a small example of the same thing as mm. uh, Grand Hotel. Exactly. But there also it's probably a city that allowed it. And I didn't notice that. So thank you for sharing. And oh, yeah, I, I hope it's still pass. so because... No, I hope it's not. <laughs> from years ago. So. I hope it's not. <laughs> but if I see it very, being very nicely lit, I will just update and think that it's not you being super sensitive to light, but they yeah. changed. Please, yeah. please tell me. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what? That's not the worst anymore. <laughs> next thing is that you will ask a question to the next guest. Where is the best outdoor place where you have experienced night tide? Thank you so much for your time, for your energy and for being so open, humble and just humans. I really appreciate your real responses. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thank you for having us here in your show. My show, okay. Yes. <laughs> I'll call it a show. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for being part of a city for you. If you want to carry on the discussion, feel free to join for the next episode that will be coming out. You can also follow the project on Instagram, Facebook and Telegram. Enjoy a city for you. <laughs>